0: From the protectors of the internet, the Wisconsin Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force. It's the PKO podcast with Carl and Dana. Welcome to the PKO podcast, sponsored by the Wisconsin ICAC Task Force. I'm Carl,
1: and I'm Dana. We are continuing our uh, brief foray into a new format here to get some um, direct advice for parents from investigators that are in the field and see this stuff on a daily basis. Uh, so today we've got. Um, investigator Tammy here with us from the southern part of the state. So we went from one part of the state to the other.
0: Putting the miles on.
1: We're driving everywhere.
0: Foray. That's a new word too. You like that? Yeah.
1: Okay. Welcome, Tammy. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for being a part of this with us. Of course. So we have a couple of really quick, easy questions for you. Um, just to kind of get your thoughts from a, uh, investigative perspective so that we can give some additional safety advice to parents. So first one, one piece of online and safety advice that you could give to parents, what would it be?
2: Uh, Keep electronics out of the bedroom Mm. and the bathroom. A lot of parents will let their kids take a cell phone, a tablet, laptops, everything right into their bedroom. And I tell parents, you don't go on the side of the street and find a strange-looking man or a strange-looking woman and put them in your child's bedroom or bathroom with your child. And essentially, that's what you're doing with the electronics. Kids at a certain age, you're going to have to trust, so hope that you teach them well. But at a young age, they don't need to be getting that type of exposure with strangers online.
1: That's my favorite piece of advice. Right. And actually, if, listeners, you are uh, subscribed, I guess I'll call it, to our parent and community newsletter that goes out on about a monthly basis, you would have just seen this um, advice, I guess, in the March newsletter that went out as well. So if you aren't connected to us on there, um, send us a message through Facebook or through the website and ask for it, and we'll get you added to that list, too.
0: In fact, we had my son talk to me into allowing him to charge his iPad overnight while he slept. Although when we went upstairs and caught him watching YouTube videos, it now moved out into the into the little like den area that they use because yeah, he was abusing the privilege of that in his bedroom
1: he's pushing um, boundaries already he's
0: yeah well he's a he's eleven so. that's not
1: the first story we've had about his son on here no,
0: <laughs> he could be a topic of a podcast all in itself, but uh. <laughs> No, he, yeah, and that's a classic example. He kept saying, Oh, I'm so tired in the morning, every morning. Well, then one night it was just one of those things. You walk upstairs, I'm like, What are you doing? Well, I'm just watching YouTube videos. He loves yeah. YouTube too. Oh, yeah, he does. <laughs> Most kids do now because a lot of them are subscribing to their buddies' channels. So, that is excellent advice.
2: But you can also chat through those channels too when people start commenting back and forth. That's how some people are meeting these kids.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I
2: think parents forget that that that's a functionality within YouTube. Mhm.
0: So when you're on these programs, what what do you, what is the biggest red flag that you see to grooming, you know, from some of these predators?
2: I think grooming, bullying, all sorts of online issues. Um, one of the main things is you'll see your child starts to get closed off. So whether they're being bullied by a kid at school, they may start closing themselves off from the family, from some friends. They'll do the same thing with grooming with predators. They get really upset or anxious when they're not able to have access to their computer or tablet, electronic devices, that they're able to communicate with these people. At that point, if they start closing themselves off, know that there's some sort of red flag, whether it be a predator is grooming them, somebody is... Um, bullying them somebody is blackmailing them for photos all of those they usually have that same red flag
1: yeah that's a good point it doesn't matter what's happening there's something happening and that's a, a discussion starter for you to try to figure out what's going on how you can help them um and and kind of where to go next with that right
0: right well we appreciate your time today
2: anything else that you want to add for parents out there listening to the podcast Just know that kids are starting so much younger on electronics and they're always going to be one step ahead of us no matter how much we try and keep up with it. So it really comes down to the education of your children of safety just like you would the stranger danger in person. It's trying to explain to them that it's the same thing through electronic communications as well. Excellent advice.
0: Well, thanks for taking time today.
2: Not a problem. Thank you.
0: So thanks for Tammy for coming in today and uh, giving some great information. Right now we have uh, Special Agent in Charge Joe from the uh, southern part of the state also. Pulling a lot of people from the southern part of the state on That's this right. We'll,
1: we'll get around, <laughs> I guess.
0: Saving some miles on the car this time.
1: Welcome to radio, Joe.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Does it feel like you're on radio?
0: Yes, it does. A little bit? Little, uh little different than what we're used to. hmm So um, much like the other episodes that we're running here, we just got a few questions, trying to get different perspectives as to what... Um, you know, different uh, experiences, everybody's got something different. So um, I guess, you know, keeping the same topics going, um, what are some pieces of advice you could offer for online safety for parents?
3: Probably the biggest piece of advice I could offer uh, for online safety is is probably the same advice I would give for any other type of safety. And I, I think that is that probably the most important aspect in my mind is that the parents and their children have an open, trusting route of communication. Um, The biggest thing that I've seen in my career is that when the children start getting into trouble in the first place, their biggest fear of telling anybody is that they're going to get in trouble. And then that causes them to stay in trouble the situation until they are so far in over their heads that the either they finally tell the parents or the parents learn about it because it just boils over. Whether it's through legal issues or you know whatever the case might be, so I think by developing that open line of communication, where when the child first recognizes they might be in trouble, they feel comfortable going to their parents. And addressing the issue early on. Um, and part of that is with the parents getting the children educated about the online dangers that are out there, whether it's the parents talking about it directly themselves or by having them listen to the PKO podcast here or um, community presentations, school safety presentations. Um, but when the children, when they learn that the children do go to these, they should also discuss it later, sometime in the evening, um, and kind of say, you know, if something like that were to happen, I want you to know you can come to me. You're, I know, I know this is not your fault. I know this is something that um, you fell into, and I'd rather you be safe and we get it taken care of than wait until it becomes a big issue.
1: Yeah, and we've had some really good suggestions as far as. Different ways to communicate. In previous episodes, I know in gaggle in the gaggle episode, we talked um, to Kathy about uh, writing a letter, having your child know that it's it, it, the um, availability is there for them to write an email to you or something if they want to open the conversation that way, but they aren't comfortable. Um, bringing it up face-to-face to to you because of whatever might be going on. So think about different routes of communication other than just that face-to-face conversation that might seem more embarrassing to them at the time.
3: Right.
0: And and if you get uh, a a child or something, say a parent, uh, you know, takes that advice, they have that uh, conversation after one of us do a, a presentation and they start talking to the the parents. What what are the, what are the warning signs? I guess, or the biggest red flags that you could find of someone grooming a child?
3: I think, generally speaking, it's a change in behavior. And I hesitate to go into more specifics because you know every child is different, um, and everyone handles their their stressors differently. But again, the parents are the ones who are going to know what the regular behavior of their child is. And when they first start seeing some type of behavior, whether it's, um, you know, they, the child was always texting, and then all of a sudden they're avoiding their phone like the plague. It's like, okay, there, there's something wrong here. Or they're always talking about what their friends are posting on Facebook, and then all of a sudden they don't mention Facebook. You know, that could be an indicator that there's some type of harassment going on, or that they're receiving some type of messages or seeing some material that is making them uncomfortable. Um so I think that's probably the biggest indicator, um, again, for online but also non-online issues that would kind of spark the, the parents to ask questions and kind of delve deeper.
1: Mm-hmm. Again, a common answer we're hearing. So I think that's something we can definitely take home here is that um, no matter what, if you're seeing a change in behavior, and we know this, it's just something to consider applying in a different way you know, obviously, you know, there's a change in behavior, you know, there's something you have to talk about, but maybe you're forgetting to bring up, is there something you're seeing online that's upsetting you um, versus just in real life, which is what we kind of jump to.
3: Right. And sometimes kids need prodding, you know, you'll ask them, well, what's wrong? Oh, nothing. Or, you know, and it's kind of like, well, if you're not texting, it's like, did somebody text you a threatening message? Or did you see something on Facebook that's bothering you? Or, you know, sometimes it takes that specific question that, makes the kids think okay you know it's they know something's going on so it's time to you know not put up the barriers and go ahead and and start answering Mm -hmm. perfect well thanks for
0: taking time out today give us a little few tidbits of advice from your perspective we really appreciate it
1: any last minute advice that you'd really like to get out there to parents while you have the mic while you have the air joe's laughing at me it's radio so you can't see it but he's laughing at me
3: um other than what I've already already mentioned, none that I can think of offhand.
1: No. Yeah. I think those are really key points and, and mm-hmm. really good advice for parents. Very good. So um, thanks for joining us. Thanks for the advice. Thanks for having me. We appreciate it.
0: All right. Thanks for Joe for coming in today. That was awesome.
1: And we're back now.
0: Moving a little north. We're into the mid part of the state now. Yeah,
1: we're getting further uh over towards the lake. So uh we have investigator Jed today. Welcome. Hello.
0: Returning uh, returning podcast guest. Oh, yeah.
1: That's right. We talked about uh, Whisper.
0: Kick. 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 Ah. I'll
4: have to edit that out now. Great. There's so many.
1: No, no, no. We did talk about (laughs) Whisper at one point, just maybe not with Jed. So welcome. Thanks for coming.
4: Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah. So let's dive right into it here. Um, I know you work a lot of these cases, so this will be, yet again, really good advice for our parents. Um, One piece of advice. If you could give one piece of online safety advice to parents, what would it be?
4: The piece of advice I always give them, we, we get first of all, requested to do a lot of community outreach uh, events with parents, teachers, uh, school staff, things things like that. And I always uh, default back to the golden rule of internet safety, which is if you do not know the person who you are talking to in real life, the person that you're communicating with online, you don't need to communicate with them. If most Uh, children and teens would stick to that rule and kind of have that as the keystone of their internet safety, they could avoid a lot of dangers and pitfalls that unfortunately are available online, uh, especially when it regards uh, children and some of these uh, popular apps and social media platforms.
1: A very key piece of advice, and I think something to really consider when a lot of the apps out there are created, to meet new people online. Right. Right. Um, we definitely know there's a lot of risk there, and we know there's a lot of people that do it and try to find ways to do it more safely. Um, so if that's something you're doing as a family, just keep this in mind that this is recurring advice that we're hearing, that it's it really increases the risk to be talking to people online that you don't know offline.
0: Even as an adult, I have three pending friend requests on Facebook of people I have no idea who they are. and. I think you got to get out of the mindset, even as adults, that you don't get an award from Facebook for having the most friends on your page, you know? So the best thing to do is, like you said, know who they are. I mean, just meet them face-to-face or not meet them, but you should have met them face-to-face. That's great advice. And, uh, you know, in the event that you do friend somebody, what's the biggest red flag that you see of potential grooming behavior out of a predator?
4: Uh, I don't think there's one thing in particular. It's really a pattern of activity and it's, it's not that major one red flag right off the bat, but it's just a series of things and kids are smart. I mean, they know, um, when they're talking to a person, if something is fishy or not, and they need to trust that instinct because they they have those instincts. So they're intelligent. They do enough of this online communication and they know what is kosher and what just doesn't make sense. And when they start talking to someone, especially someone that they don't know in real life or in person, and they just start feeling a little weird about a certain question or a certain request that that person is asking them to do, it's really it, it might be the beginning to to something that can lead into um, something a lot worse. And uh, they just need to be aware that, okay, you know, that doesn't make sense that, a, you know, a, a 13-year-old girl or 13-year-old boy would be asking me that or discussing that topic. And, you know, some of these online child predators who are emulating or pretending to be juveniles in, in order to target other kids online, they will slip up eventually, and they will show their age. Even though they, they can pretend for a while, but usually through the content and the communication and the topics they discuss, usually it doesn't make sense. Sometimes when they when they bring up a, a certain thing or or a certain request,
1: trust your gut.
4: Exactly. Right. Well,
0: thanks for coming in and, and uh joining us on the episode here again and second returning we should give them some award returning <laughs> podcast guest here's, take your
1: re- a hug. <laughs> here's your reward here you get yet another chance to give one lasting piece of advice here until we bring you on again so anything you want to leave um leave us with for the parents or the listeners of the podcast here
4: my advice to parents is the more uh, advice or information you receive about internet safety first of all it can be scary but don't feel the need to go home and uh, confiscate all your kids' electronic devices. Take away the, the iPad and the laptop and the cell phone and whatnot, whatnot. But more or less, all these devices are great, and they're great tools. Um, they're great tools for a lot of things. But without the proper sense of supervision, it, it just really becomes dangerous, and it, and it becomes uh, more dangerous than what some parents realize and by asking your son or daughter to see their phone every now and again does not make you a a bad parent that's intruding on their privacy. All those devices are not a constitutional right. They are privileges and with privileges come responsibility. And by you doing that as a parent and doing, doing those uh, safety checks and more importantly, keeping an honest Uh, dialogue of communication open with your child about if they do receive uh, an odd request online or receive an inappropriate photo to come to to you right away as the parent so that you can uh, take the necessary uh, steps forward in dealing with that, that's the biggest thing. Uh, Having open communication and, and just being a good parent and expressing to your son or daughter that you're doing these things because, you care about their safety, and you love them. Excellent
1: advice. I'm going to make sure that Carl gets you your hug now.
4: <laughs> That'd be oh, excellent. <laughs> well, thanks for coming in, Jed. Thank you very we much. We appreciate it. All
0: right. Thanks for Investigator Jed for taking time out to, to come in. We have yet another return guest to the PKO podcast with Investigator Chad, staying in the same uh, kind of the Midwestern or eastern part of the state. Um, Welcome back. Good, with after- us. good afternoon. Glad to be here. So uh, much like the other uh, interviews that we had, um, just a, a couple pieces of advice that you'd give to parents. We just have some brief questions for you. And, and I guess just to start it off is what part of online safety or piece of online safety advice would you give to parents nowadays? So I I believe one of the biggest contributors
5: um, we're running into with our kids having access to the World Wide Web, to social media, Internet, is our time of access? I wholeheartedly believe that some of our um, adolescent population and our children are, if they're going to do something that's maybe mischievous or maybe against parents' judgment or they're better best, against their best interests, if you will, they're gonna they're gonna do it. However, generally speaking, I think children are much more susceptible of falling into this trick bag during hours of darkness. Mm. Um, specifically, I feel that when they're in the privacy of their bedroom, if we think back to when we were children, I think it's fair to say that we felt a sense of security and maybe a, a overt boldness as a child in selected areas, mm-hmm. and one of which is our bedroom. That's that's our domain, and, and that's our the case for our children. So the the time um of of darkness the sleep hours where we have children sleeping with their phones or in very close proximity of their devices whether it be their ipad or whatnot i find that to be a common denominator and highly problematic to facilitate the ultimate victimization of our our children so i guess my biggest suggestion is is Let's set a reasonable uh, usage for our kids. Again, we can't take this away altogether, and I wouldn't suggest that. But if we have our kids um, using them reasonably throughout the day or at set times or even in a reward fashion, uh, we're setting them up to be more successful and less likely to be victimized than if we're letting them having 24-7 access to these devices.
1: I 100% agree. Tech-free zones, tech-free times.
0: And you're going to see a difference in behavior. You'll see a difference in uh, grades. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
1: they'll sleep better. Yep. And I've actually, I've been working on that too. I've been trying to set my phone aside earlier in the evening and keep it further from me at night so it's not, you know, right on your nightstand by your head or something like that so that you see it if it starts blinking. Um, So I've been trying to be a little bit more cognizant of that as well.
0: So is that why suddenly like listener requests and stuff haven't been responded to right away
1: because <laughs> i'm getting more sleep
0: and I, and
5: I think just to add on that a little bit on the reward side of things again we are not advocating to totally make this obsolete to our children right uh, and, and that is not it's not feasible right when, when at the same time we have to recognize what happens to our social skills when we are so divulged in our devices and, and us adults are falling into this 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 trap as well and we're losing out on the observations around us if you will reading people's body language the common um intellect or not intellect the common uh, social interactions we would be having that aren't taking place because we are so concerned about that test message that email coming in whatever an app transaction uh it's it's almost a, uh, a very. It is a very slippery slope, um, and there has been ample studies done on this, just on employers as an example of how they are running into great difficulties in finding qualified people to deal with things such as sales or promoting um, the business. You know, like um, a front person at a restaurant to greet people, because our our new generations are. They're very social. I'd argue to say they are more social than any other generation. However, that that socialness is not through verbal communication, face to face. Correct. Right. It's it's through a device, mm-hmm. and so that, for that reason, we have to be cognizant. We have to be aware. We cannot omit it, but we have to we have to implement this in a fashion that is not detrimental to our our youth. Uh, because they're our future, mm-hmm. and uh, that it's, it's going to be a pretty scary thing in the event that our future has zero social skills when it comes to verbalization and understanding things like body language and, and, and those things that are common in a public setting because they are so into a device because that's how they are raised. They know no different. By no fault of their own, but that that falls upon the parents. We have to recognize that. And we have to appropriately implement this in our parenting and in our lifestyles so they can carry it on to be successful adults.
1: Setting them up for success. Absolutely. All right. So in these cases you've worked, in the chats that you've seen, um, is there something you've seen as a red flag or the biggest indicator that something in the chat is going wrong, whether it's uh, grooming behavior, um, whether it's enticement, whatever it might be?
5: So one of the most alarming things I see is when... The perpetrator or the offender is inquiring about what seemingly seem like very innocent questions such as interests in sports or interests in cars or trying to gather information from the child that would ultimately allow our offenders to tap into another resource to gain more information to further identify the victim and or their families. So it's very common that our offenders, you know, they have an end goal in mind, and the victim likely will not know that or figure that out until it's too late. So the more information that they can willingly gather from someone who is entertaining a conversation with them, the better off the offender is. So if they know that, hey, our this this girl that I'm talking to, even if she's lying about her age, we'll just use a female child as an example, but if, the, if she discloses something that she seems to be innocent on face value, such as, I'm a volleyball player, and our offender knows that this person is generally located in central Wisconsin and that their school color is green, it does not take a person... Um, very long to identify what schools have green colors that would be maybe a freshman. So this is a high school age person. And, you know, whether it be a mascot and then to track further from there to identify a volleyball team, to have a local newspaper posting with the picture of the team, to have a picture of that individual and maybe correlate that with a Facebook page. And it goes on and on where innocently enough our our victims are, are giving this information which they seem to be harmless on face value but are really, it's almost the equivalent of giving your social security number in maybe covert terms that you think people can't translate. However, they are easily able to translate it with enough subsequent information. And when you don't realize what you're giving, um, that's what we're seeing. Is, is So these offenders have something to fall back on if our victims fall off on the communications thus almost holding a, a ransom to these kids and they don't realize it until it's too late um, when a picture has been sent or in a meeting has been arranged that's when this stuff comes to to backlash them is in that light they have this information where they now know a parent's name where they're making threats towards the family or towards a secret that was disclosed and it only furthers from there and uh the longer it goes the more potential for victimization and it's traumatizing for life for these
0: for these for these kids absolutely and you see it quite often now lately with the sexting and sextortion and everything like that exactly how you explained it it's just it's sad how this is kind of evolving but it's hence why we're doing the podcast and and doing these interviews and stuff trying to make uh, everybody aware of it so thanks chad for taking time out of your day to, to come sit with us and and give your insight into this thing it, this this whole uh, this whole podcast has been pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, getting all the different perspectives and everything, and kind of kind of given the same theme,
1: very similar underlying messages, yeah. Right, yep. but
0: kind of different viewpoints. So it's it's really awesome. Everybody taking time out to do that. Um, anything else, Chad? I guess uh, again, thanks for having me. Uh, my My only closing uh, thought
5: is is we have to we have to be cognizant that there are people that are out there are they're master manipulators, and they're salesmen, and and they have to they have a, a task at hand they have uncontrollable urges and needs, and our, our children need to be protected and it, and it starts at home and it starts with accessibility so we don't necessarily need to be experts on the internet or on applications or even when it comes to computerized devices, but everyone can at least be caring and aware of what our kids are doing and when they're doing it and it's perfectly okay to have periodic uh, maybe reevaluations of it, whether it be at the dinner table or what have you, where um, our parents are wanting to be involved in their child's life. And that includes, you better know your password. If, if your child has a smartphone, the parent should know that password and should be able to gather information from that phone at will at any given time. It is a privilege to have that phone.
1: Wonderfully summarized.
0: Exactly. I don't even know how else to, to say that other <laughs> I- than... Thanks,
5: Thanks for, for tuning listening in. <laughs>
1: and stay safe.